So if you've got your Bibles open, Ephesians 4 would be handy. Um, and I thought what I'd start you off doing is turn to the person next to you, uh, shake their hand or nod politely if you don't want girl germs, and finish this sentence. Hello, my name is and I am. All right, now, now it's like a year eight class. I've got to get you back again, don't I? <laughs> the question of identity is an interesting one, isn't it? When people meet me or see me, what is it that I want them to know or think about me? What is it, you know, and we all have that. If people sort of have met me and walk away, what do I want them to think I am? Do I want to be known by my size or my gender or my parenting role or my nationality or my sexual preference or my job or my religion or my sports team, pardon the colours, um, my favourite ice cream flavour, my attitude? There are a whole lot of options, aren't there? You could have chosen any one of them. Um, and at any one time, a whole lot of them would be true. But what if I wanted one of them to stand out more than the others? What would that look like? I mean, it's actually, it's not rocket science, is it? Um, it's like the old story of, you know, the young boy, you know, talking to the elder and um, the elder says, beware there are two wolves wanting to take over your life. One is all things good and the other one is all things evil and they're fighting to have control over you. And the little boy goes, ah, which one wins, Grandpa? And he says, the one you feed. Interesting. It's a nice little story. But anyway, um, all I need to do is put most of my focus and time and energy into that particular thing that I want most prominent, like fatherhood or sarcasm. Now, as, as we come to the end of our study into unity, we reach this point where it gets practical. Uh, we've reached the point of asking how we actually do this thing called unity. How do we let the thing Jesus prayed for become the thing we're known for? Now, the, the risk, of course, here, and, and I struggled with this one, um, because the risk was that I'd just come up with a self-help book. Now, here's a list of things you've got to get done, um, which is awkward, because that was going to go against everything I've already been saying. Um, so I thought I'd look at this passage, because the first clue is in verse 1. Paul said, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Effectively, you do what you already are. That's what he's saying. And the Bible calls that fruit. Uh, Jesus talked about it in John 15. You now you remain in me, you'll bear much fruit. Um, Paul talked about it in Galatians 5. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, etc. What we do comes directly from what we are. If you see apples growing on a tree, I think it's safe to assume that you're looking at an apple tree. So the logic should kick in a bit at this point. 
if you want a particular type of fruit, you go to the right tree, right? If I'm looking for oranges, I don't go to an apple tree, that, that sort of thing. Our problem, of course, is even though you're country folk, most of us don't normally get our fruit that way, do we? We go to the supermarket and we focus entirely on the fruit. There are no trees in the supermarket, maybe drawings of trees, but that's it. And we focus on the fruit and we choose some and reject others. This one's got too many bumps, this one's got too many spots, this one's the wrong size or the wrong colour or whatever it might be. It's what we do. And we easily do the same with our faith. Over the centuries, we Christians have allowed the focus to be on the good things we do, the way we worship, our values, the way we help society, our compassion, schools, hospitals, morals campaigns, all that sort of thing, our niceness. That's what people see, and that's what we show off. By now, you can probably guess where I'm going with this. If our focus is showing off how good the fruit is, people will only be looking at us and deciding whether or not to join us. And they're going to be picking and choosing like we do with fruit in a supermarket. I mean, most of you have seen how easy people slip into choosing a church group because of things we like about the group, or leaving a church group because of things we don't like about the group. And, and, and our, our unity becomes connected to the human stuff. That's what we tend to do. But because our unity is only in Jesus, I'm hoping that point has sunk in a little bit, um, we really only want people to come to him. That makes sense. If they're just following what's nice or exciting about us, they won't necessarily see him. There are plenty of, you know, altruistic groups in the world that are doing wonderful things for different reasons. Niceness happens in lots of different places. We want people to see that we do things because Jesus. So this idea of living a life that's worthy of the calling we have received is all about making sure that every single thing we do is always only about Jesus. At any given moment, when people look at us, they should recognize what holds us together. When people look at us, they should see the tree, not just the fruit. The fruit is an indicator of what the tree is, and they should look at the tree. The world needs to join Jesus, not us. We're part of the package when they do, but we're not what they join. They join Jesus. Now, I know I'm banging on about this. I've had three sessions, and basically it's the same point. But the trap of making it about us is really big and really easy to fall into because that's it's human thinking. I mean, not only is, is it how most people think anyway, but to be fair, we do love a good ego rub, don't we? I mean, I do. Even us preachers, we have the job of pointing people to Jesus. That's, that's what we do. 
um, we can enjoy becoming a favorite or a celebrity or that, that pat on the back or the shake of the hands is, oh, wonderful sermon. We love that. And then as soon as that happens, we easily start preaching in order to get that. That's awkward, isn't it? I noticed it when I was a, when I was a hospital chaplain last century. Um, every morning I would sit down with a group of volunteers and they'd come in and we would pray together. Now, I came out of a similar background to you where, you know, praying in a group, praying openly with other people, was we just didn't do that comfortably. I don't know, maybe you do it better than I did, but when I was growing up, we, you know, praying in groups was, was awkward. And, um, and so this was a weird experience for me. They would, they would, you know, they come from all sorts of different church groups and they'd be praying happily. And, um, and I noticed that, you know, when they prayed, other people would do their little noises of agreement, the, the mm, right? And so I called that the mm factor. Um, but I remember catching myself in this. Here I was praying, and I was praying for the mm. I was praying for the mm. I wanted them to like my praying, and that, that you know, the louder the mm, the better my prayer was. And I, I, that's where I went instead of wanting them to focus on Jesus. I caught myself there. That was awkward. There was a time when I, I thought, I genuinely thought that I was humble until it dawned on me that I actually just wanted other people to think I was humble and I was really just fishing for compliments. That was awkward because I was about as far away from humble as was humanly possible. Um, so that's why... When, when Paul wrote about the unity of the Spirit, yes, he mentioned the fruit. There are things listed in that passage, but he said these, these are the things that are going to show as you know what comes out of your unity. These are the things that come out. But he actually focused most on the grace that has been given through Christ. Did you notice that as we read through the passage? The whole middle section, this big chunk in the middle of the passage, if you've got it open, you'll see this, is, is all about reinforcing the gospel itself. We were called to a unified relationship with God, with our God and Father through one Lord, one faith, one baptism. So the trick is to focus on what gives us that relationship. And that happens when we dump our sinfulness at the cross and trust that the death and the resurrection of Jesus will give us the forgiveness and the eternity that we need. That's where we go. And this comes back to the heart of our unity. What holds us together is our mutual dependence on Christ for forgiveness. That's it. I mean... The beauty is, even though before this weekend, the vast majority of you didn't know me from a bar of soap, or maybe a bar of soap, is it? but, but you, you know what I mean. Um, and yet, we're united, aren't we? Because we have that faith in Jesus. So it didn't, it didn't matter where I was from or what I looked like, whether or not I knew your songs, 
um, or anything like that, because we shared the faith in Jesus, bang, we're that happened. When I believe that Jesus actually died under the judgment from God that I deserve, I become confident that I am at one with the creator of the universe and at one with every other believer. We're bonded. Um, it's interesting, the other, the other day I was, I was listening to a discussion on the radio. I like listening to talkback radio because I'm old. Um, and it was, they were having a discussion about connectedness and loneliness and how people needed to be connected and what people needed to do in order to get connected. And most of the discussion, especially from the expert that they had in, was a list of things that you needed to do in order to build connectedness. So you must join a group, talk to people. In other words, in order to be connected, you have to connect. And the, and the problem is that like every other self-help program, being told to do what you're not doing increases the guilt of not doing it and the anxiety of not getting it. Telling people to go to church more or to join a prayer group or, or putting people on more rosters doesn't make them connected or united. It just makes them busier. What we need is the glue. Every connectedness problem is about the glue. What it is that actually holds us together. I mean, you can be in the same room singing the same song and not be united. But when we remember that our glue is Jesus our whole mindset changes. If all that matters is knowing that we're good with God, we are automatically good with each other, whether we like each other or not. In fact, when I'm, when I'm comfortable acknowledging that I'm a complete buffhead, I don't need to stress, I actually don't need to stress about how impressive you might think because it's not the problem. All I need is for you to see that I'm okay because Jesus. When we acknowledge that we don't deserve the favour of God, we end up putting our own trumpets aside, don't we? Why brag about something that's broken? And, and, and when we acknowledge that Jesus has given us the full favour of God, like, like as good as it can get. When Jesus has given us that, why would we blow our own trumpets again? <laughs> that wouldn't make sense, would it? Why would I say, if Jesus has made me as good as God, why would I say, look at me, I'm wonderful? <laughs> I say, look at Jesus, because he made me. So the more I realise that I am completely satisfied in Christ, and the more I realise that our unity depends on only that, then the only thing that's left to brag about, let alone worry about, is the death and resurrection of Jesus. That's our glue. That's our fullness. That's our satisfaction. That's our completeness. That's everything. I, um, I sometimes watch YouTube videos of woodwork because I'm old and boring. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
Now, what, some of the ones I like watching is when they take um, bits of different types of wood and they chop it up into different pieces and then cut them to fit them together into amazing patterns to make tables or whatnots or whatever it might be. Um, and that's, that's really fun watching that. And there's, there's you know, there's, there's like glue everywhere and, and there's bits, you know, flipping and turning and gluing and pasting and sticking and all that sort of stuff. Now, while the finished product is often spectacular, the really special thing is actually the craftsmanship in putting these pieces together in place and the glue that puts it all together as a single piece. So it can then be crafted again and, and made to look absolutely beautiful. Um, now, now, the Christian church is a wide range of very different pieces. And yet, thanks to Jesus, we are locked together as one. And like the video showing the process of putting it together and the effectiveness of the glue, the really spectacular thing for us is not, you know, oh, that looks pretty next to that piece. It's actually the glue that holds us together. It's Jesus. So our unity looks like him. So while it's good to be humble, although most people pretend, as I know too well, um, if I'm open about my dependence on Christ, then that will bring out true humility, won't it? I'm, if it's about me, then it's about me pretending to be humble because I'm actually not. But if I'm fully dependent on Christ, then that is a humble thing because I'm admitting that it's not about me and I'm not much without him. So then I depend, I, I submit, I trust. That's humble. So the more I focus on, on trusting Jesus, the more humility becomes a part of who I am. Does that make sense? It, it has to work for me because if I don't do that, I become a very proud and horrible person. We can say that it's good to worship together, but it's a bit awkward if we sing I Surrender All on Sunday only to take it all back again on Monday. Yeah, if we're surrendering, it's not about whether or not we're singing the song together. It's about whether or not we're actually surrendering. Um, because if we're not doing that, then it's all about how wonderful it is. You know, isn't it, doesn't it look great that we're all together? Um, and then we're open to the charge of hypocrisy, aren't we? Somebody's going to say, ah, oh, yeah, but I saw you doing this. Um, and you're not as wonderful as you say you are. A better witness in worship is singing that the deep love of the Father has made a wretch his treasure. Um, I like that line. I like the line that um, John Newton wrote uh, that saved a wretch like me. Um, what the world needs to see us is not how much goodness we have, but how grateful we are that Jesus has overcome our lack of it. I mean, it's true that our hope in Christ will produce some amazing fruit. Those things that Paul wrote about, they will come out. 
the humility, the patience, the, the, the love, the gentleness, that will come out. The ministry opportunities, they will come out because you will want to serve, because you're, you're part of the mob that God has thrown you into. Um, those things will come out, that, that humbly serving others, that singing from the heart, that not losing it in traffic. But what we really want people to see is the grace of God that brings that out in us, don't we? We want people to see Jesus. So when it comes down to the nuts and bolts of what our unity should look like, we need to avoid the temptation to focus on rules and patterns and traditions. That is a misdirection. Like I said, when I was planning this, I had that list of hard things to do in my head, but it was starting to look like a self-help book, and, um, and that was going to become awkward. I struggled with that. When we talk about unity, we're not talking about denominations or culture or fancy dress or hymn choices or good behavior or even good coffee, although that one was hard to say. <laughs> If it's true that our unity can only be found in Jesus, if that's the truth, then the only thing that matters is that people see Jesus in us. All they need to see is our dependence on him and our togetherness in him. So when you talk about how this works out in practice, you think, okay, how is what I'm going to do now going to show the person that's watching Jesus? Let them see Jesus. When we talk about our unity, it is, only, it is only ever about us being in Christ together so that the world can see him in us.